You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Don't be all else to me, save that. There's a wonderful comedian. I encourage you to, you can go on the internet and find lots of his shows. A guy named Michael Jr., um, stand-up comedian, great guy. Uh, he talks about growing up African-American and growing up in his church, African-American. Uh, his mom was in the choir and she did a lot of things. Uh, he's a, he's a, tells some great stories about it. But one of, the, one of my favorites he tells is he says about when he was a little kid, he sang in the church youth choir. Not because he really wanted to, but because that's what mom said he was going to do. <laughs> and it was, and he's, he, he tells a wonderful story about when they were all, during Advent season, getting ready for Christmas, and they taught all the kids the old spiritual soon and very soon. And they all had to hold hands, and they put them in little robes, and they, would, they stood there going, Soon and very soon, we are going to see the King. Soon and very soon. Scrupulously not making eye contact with the congregation while they did it. The problem was, his mom did sing in the church choir. And he had had to go to his first funeral with mom the week that they sang that. And when they came to the funeral midweek and he saw the man in the casket at the front of the church, he said, Mom, what's wrong with him? She says, Oh, honey, he just went to see the king. So they're sitting there singing, Soon and very soon. And he's thinking to himself, I don't want to see the king. I don't want to see the king. I think we hear these passages like today's gospel reading and have some of that same kind of feeling ourselves. This is actually called the little apocalypse of Mark's gospel. And you might have noticed some images that resonate with other parts of scripture from Daniel and Ezekiel and especially the book of Revelation. Stars falling from the heavens and the powers of the world being shaken. And we hear these passages and we get nervous. Because whether it's here or in the book of Revelation or anywhere else, there are always God's commands attached to this warning that the end is coming. Right? What's Jesus' command to us today? Stay awake. Stay awake. God gives commands throughout all of Scripture. And when he gives those commands, here's what always happens, especially the deeper we go in our Christian walk, the more insight we have about ourselves spiritually, is when we hear God give us a command, we know it's the way we ought to live. It gives us the right direction. But we know it is not the way we live. When I hear Jesus say to me today, stay awake... What I first ask myself is, how often have I been asleep at the wheel, spiritually? I realize as I reflect a little more deeply that I've been asleep at the wheel quite a bit in my life. Lutherans refer to this as speaking the law. 
whether it's the law of the Ten Commandments or any place else in Scripture that God gives a command, what happens every single time is that we discover how far short we fall of the way we should be living. We know it's a great idea, we know it's good for us, and we know we don't measure up. Martin Luther, in particular, was afflicted with this. He would spend hours in the confessional and he would come out and suddenly realize that he was in a monastery getting ready to go to prayer and he was angry with someone who had messed up the kitchen or something like this. And he'd be down scrubbing the floors trying to make up for the fact that he had anger with one of his monastic brothers. The law, the recipe is, the law always accuses. If you hear the words of Scripture read and you feel accused, you know you've heard a command from God. You've heard a word, a law. And that makes us nervous. Like that comedian when he was a little kid, we may be going through the motions on the outside and singing, but inside we're scared and we're thinking, I don't want to see the king. (laughs) The cure... For that is to remember who the King is. When we talk about Him coming in glory to judge the living and the dead, we have to remember who is coming and what He has already done for us. If we were in a courtroom and we had a terrible fine to pay and we knew we could never pay it, how how grateful and how relieved would we be if we were to see our mom climb into the judge's seat? Our dad, our best friend, our spouse. Someone who we know that their love for us is such that they will make sure that the verdict is not guilty. Even if we are guilty. Maybe especially when we are guilty. That is exactly what our nail-pierced Savior accomplished for us. And when He comes again to judge the living and the dead and lifts His hands in benediction, they will be hands that are still pierced with nails. Pierced with His own love for us that held Him to that cross. We don't need to fear the coming judgment. See, the the law, the, the rules God lays down can teach us how to live, but they can't give us the power to live. They freeze us in that paralysis of analysis, and we're afraid to make a misstep. It is only the love of God that gives us the power and the freedom to live according to the law of God without being crushed by its weight. And instead, discovering in it freedom and life and joy. In 1 John 4.18, it says, Perfect love casts out fear. And we know that that love is the love our Savior has for us and that we can have for Him. I don't know how often you read all the things in the bulletin, but on the back of your readings today, you can take this home and hang it on your refrigerator. It's a fun story. Uh, Last week, I got to show part of Cecil B. DeMille's Ten Commandments to the confirmation students. Um, And another great biblical epic he uh, he did was Ben-Hur. Well, when they were filming Ben-Hur, Cecil B. DeMille decided that Charlton Heston should really learn how to drive a chariot for the big chariot race, which is the big moment in in the movie. Um, And... uh, Well, it's one thing 
to learn to drive a silky. That's, those are the racing chariots. You can go down to the racetrack and see them, Pocono Downs or whatever, and watch them race. Um, but the kind of chariots they used in the Roman Empire had four horses attached to them. And getting those horses to work together is no mean feat. And after a couple, couple weeks of training on this, he came back to um, the director and said, Mr. DeMille, I can probably run the race, but I don't think I can win. <laughs> And Cecil B. DeMolle said, Mr. Heston, you just stay in the race and I'll make sure you win. <laughs> Such is our Lord's words to us. Stay in the race. Stay awake. Cat trust not in your own righteousness, but in mine. I will declare you not guilty. I'll make sure you win the race. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the great gift of your Son that you were in Him reconciling the world to yourself. We thank you for that great gift. We ask, O Lord, as we hear these readings from Advent, we hear these readings of Scripture that encourage us to be prepared for the end, that we look forward to it knowing that you have secured the ending of the story and it is a good ending. Grant us to trust in your grace even as we try to reform our lives to be more in accord with your will. Bless us, O Lord, that we can be a sign to the world of the generosity that was yours first in the giving of your Son. And we ask these things in His precious name. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. Be thou my best thought in the day and the night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence my light.